Welcome to the Grown Woman Life Podcast. I'm Rocky Howard, your Chief Empowerment Officer. My mission is to highlight, engage, support, and educate bold, brilliant, badass, professional women over 40. If you are a grown woman, you have absolutely found your tribe. Welcome to a very special episode of the Grown Woman Life Podcast. This episode is part power play, and a power play is where we teach a career lesson, and part interview, as we will share excerpts from our previous interviews to bring to life the power of bold, brilliant, badass, over 40 women in the workplace. I am really excited to share this episode with you and sincerely hope you enjoy. So come on, let's get started. I have noticed in the course of my career, (laughs) a 30 plus year career, mind you, and more than a few title changes, that there is often a tax charge to working moms. It is the add-on price that working moms are constantly assessed by the conscious and unconscious biases prevalent in society. This set of biases lead people to think that family is the only or dominating motivating factor in our lives, that it consumes working moms, and that this consumption doesn't allow us to have big careers. The false belief that working moms can't fully commit to the job if we are taking care of our families, quite frankly, is a crock of crap. Is it difficult? Yes. Is it challenging? Of course. Is it impossible? Absolutely not. One of the goals of the Grown Woman Life platform is to change the narrative of what it means to be a career woman over 40. And the purpose of this episode is to showcase how certain skills common amongst working moms transform and translate into our business lives, making grown working moms great colleagues and exceptional leaders. The skills highlighted here were taken directly from our Grown Woman Power Player interviews. These Grown Woman lessons are inspired by and cultivated from the candid conversations and comments in those interviews, as these women centered on their families. The individual episodes are also listed in the show notes. These women have incredible careers, and their very presence in the business world is changing the narrative. So ladies, today we're going to talk about 13 transferable skills that make working moms great colleagues and leaders. Skill number one, cultivate knowledge of others. Great colleagues and leaders make a deliberate effort to get to know everyone around them. It's straightforward to make chit-chat with people, but exceptional colleagues and leaders are intentional about getting to know those around them. They genuinely care about people, their situations, their goals, their pathways, their priorities, their hobbies, and so much more. 
Listen to the brief excerpt from my interview with Sanley Snively during episode 22, Painful Growth. This inspired the skill as Sandy commented on getting to know her mom as a person. With my mother just now, you know, my mom is like 82 um, and I just lost my dad about a year ago. For now, it's nice to hear her just asking her questions about, you know, like, what was it like when and how did this happen? And, you know, hearing stories. I've even found myself saying, Mom, I'm going to record this because I don't want to forget. And so I think just having that time, you know, I really treasure that um, and, and being intentional. Skill number two, enroll people in your humanness. We are often conditioned that to demonstrate strength, we must hide our weaknesses and our challenges. Nothing could be further from the truth. Great colleagues and leaders don't buy into that false notion. People enjoy engaging with people who aren't afraid to enroll others in their humanness. Honestly, sharing with people your struggles makes you more relatable. By allowing yourself to show others that you're not perfect, you allow them to understand who you are and how to better work alongside you. Listen to the brief excerpt from my interview with Paula Holtzmith during episode six, Squeezing the Lemon on Life, which inspired this skill. It is Paula sharing how she enrolled her sons in her humanness as she built her business. Yeah, so I have these two amazing human beings in my life that um, that we've been um, we've been a team. I, I would say is kind of how we work. They know me as their mother first and foremost, but they also know me as a person. So when you know we'd have conversations when they were in middle school or you know early in their high school, and I might have been stressed about something, I'd say, "Well, here's the deal, guys." Here's what's happening at high impact. And here's what I've got for, you know, this is what I'm responsible for. And so here's what we're going to be doing for the next few months. Things are going to change based on, you know, this or that. And so I would enroll them in my humanness, you know, around these things without overburdening them as children. Like they still, but at the same time, this is, this is what we're all creating together and co-creating together. And so, yeah, so that's, those are my, those are my, uh, that's my family. Skill three, create circles of trust. No matter what role you play at work, your success will be contingent upon having a group of people who you can depend on, a circle of advisors who you trust, we all have times when we need to turn to someone to lift us out of our own heads, to challenge us, to guide us. Listen to the brief excerpt from my interview with Lydia Wilson during episode 16, Confidence is My Superpower. It's during this episode when Lydia comments about the family we have and the family we create that inspired this skill. I think there's your biological family, and then I think there's just your family. So I am pretty tight in my circle. I don't have a lot of uh, i've I've got I've got people who are very close to me, 
and they've been my friends, you know, since I was a little kid. Um, and, and I, and I've got people that, that are really close to me that I've, I've got a couple of female friends from college and I would definitely consider those my, my family for sure. I also have people that, uh, that are a bit of a, a bit of a work family. So I have the same, I have the same thing there. Yeah. So that's where my, that's where my, my deal, that's where my deal comes in. Skill number four, invest in others. Great colleagues and leaders take time to coach, develop, mentor, and engage others. And please understand, engaging is much more than a few comments or conducting an annual performance review, or maybe participating in a 360 review for your colleagues, or sending people to some training and classes. I am talking about a true investment of time and effort, a sharing of knowledge and resources. Trust me, there is always a return when you selflessly invest in people. Listen to the brief excerpts from my interview with Kern Cherry during episode 18, Create Your Own Door, Kern inspired this skill when she recaps her journey with her daughters and their tennis lessons. When we came into tennis, I've always loved tennis, by the way, truly loved tennis. And um, so I put them in tennis and I, uh, they used to actually go not too far from the house, walk to the courts and practice. One year we looked up and I realized they hadn't learned nothing. If you want to make sure that your child is the best they can be at sports or even a- academics wise, you have to invest in that. You Absolutely. Have to be a part of that. So we got with the tournament director who just was a coach too. And uh, we started off them taking more tennis lessons. And I am the kind of person I can get consumed easily and stuff. Right. So I went from there to them paying regional, national, I, I realized they were so far behind everybody else. Uh, some of the people that watched our daughters during this process, they were like, I watched your daughter go from the worst tennis player. I literally had somebody tell us this it, it, to my face, by the way, uh, literally the worst tennis player I've ever seen to where she, he had, she had just beat his daughter on the tennis court. Skill five. Craft collective experiences. Families create collective experiences. We often call these family traditions. These experiences bond us as a joint unit. Work teams are no exception. The best colleagues and leaders know that collective experiences make us stronger as a unit. Creating collective experiences is a vital component to building high-performing teams. Company sports leagues, employee resource groups, happy hours, book clubs, these are all ways and examples of creating collective experiences and are essential part of building teams. Cheryl Hall Russell's comments in episode 20, I No Longer Filter My Brilliance, alongside of Sanley Snively in her episode, both collectively speak about their family experiences and inspired this skill. And so my mom is 88 this year. 
they were married oh, right. almost 70 years. They were married almost 70 years. So, you know, so she's in an assisted living facility. And so she's a writer too. So I try to write to her and send her pictures. And, and when I pick her up, um, I'm a poet. And so I share my poetry with her. I try to, to spend that time with her. She loves that. Uh, she's an intellectual snob. And so uh, <laughs> she is, she's all about the written. And so I spend that time with her. We, we do Christmas here in a big way. I love decorating, of course, um, but it's also the meal. It's all the kids here together, and we always do some kind of theme. This year it was pajamas, um, but we we do that, and, and it means a lot to me to have them all here, but also the decorating. Uh, I love all of the ornaments. We have antique ornaments. We put straw on the tree. We have the pickle on the tree. We have tons of um, tons of really cool um, traditions that we do in the family, but I I just like having all of them together. And it also means a lot to me when I'm not here to know my kids are together, which is cool. Absolutely. You know, if I call and I'm like, hey, yeah, we're all over at this one's house or that one's house, you know. Um. Skill number six, elicit support. How many times have we heard the phrase, there is no me in team? We hear this comment so often that it becomes easy to forget its real meaning. The best colleagues and leaders know that they don't make a significant impact by working in a vacuum. It is crucial to put our egos aside and elicit support. In excerpts from Jackie Morgan McDougall in episode two, 40 is bonus time, and Raven Watson in episode 13, Success is a Whole Picture, you will hear them both talk about the importance of the support of their spouses, and that inspired this skill. I think one of the reasons that I can work so hard and, you know, try to push forward with building something that matters is because I have someone like him in my corner. You know, he's, he's chill. I'm a little hype, <laughs> you know, go, go, go the Aries, you know, he's, uh, he's a lot more calm and, um, his energy kind of soothes me and he's a really, really sweet guy. In Texas, first I have to tell you, I had a culture shock. Texas is scary when it comes to sports they are so serious about for football. So my son does play it. And I think they practice probably more than we work. But, um, you know, and juggling that is important. But my husband, I will tell you, is such a fabulous father. He's engaged. He's so present. So he plays a lot of that um, tag team support with me with helping with the children. Skill seven, cultivate a team. Groups of people are often forced together, and that doesn't necessarily make them a team. Exceptional colleagues and leaders know it takes more than a, an assignment, it takes more than a group of people to be a team. Teams have to have clear connections, goals, aspirations, and a commitment to working together. Teams must be developed and cultivated. They don't just happen. Paula Holdsmith is a perfect vessel for highlighting this skill. Listen to her excerpt as she comments on the teamwork within her family. 
I, in my team buildings, I always say, what's the best team you've ever worked on? And I always say my forever answer will be my sibling team um, because I've, we've always stuck together and we are such a great team. And I feel super grateful for that. Skill number eight, explore flexibility. Great colleagues and leaders know that there's no one right way to get things done. There is no ideal work schedule for every person. There's no one perfect approach to completing a task or solving a problem. Taking the opportunity to explore flexibility for yourself and how you work with others and potentially providing flexible working options for others can be a real game changer. Listen to the brief excerpt from Jackie Morgan McDougall as she inspires this skill by commenting on how she values flexibility. That it's all again about the flexibility, all about yeah. being who I can be. I'll work until three in the morning if that means I can take my son to the appointment that he needs to go to the next day. Yeah. So, yeah. The, you know, some of those weeks don't feel like balance, <laughs> but I truly, they are. Those four men in my life are everything. And so <laughs> it's everything I do and every choice I make needs to, in some way, benefit this family unit that we've created, um, first and foremost. Skill nine, make space for everyone. In teams, we often operate within the common denominator, meaning the thing that the majority of people have in common is the thing that we commonly use to bond the group. Great colleagues and leaders know that this concept can cause inclusion and belonging issues. By its very nature, if we don't make space for everyone, we exclude someone. Listen to the excerpt from Christine Ramsey in episode 24, My Why Hit Me Smack in the Face, as she inspires this skill by talking about integrating her husband into her big, fat Armenian family. Um, and so my, my husband, he's, um, you know, we, you know, we have two children, as I said, but um, he is not from Armenian descent. And he was a single child. Um, and so when he met the uh, big fat Armenian family, you know, it was quite the uh, amazingly overwhelming uh, um, invitation. But uh, it's been an absolute joy to see him um, truly uh, integrate himself into our culture and really embrace my culture and um, be able to even share the, our, my culture with, with our children and show, um, you know, a lot of the history and where they came from. And that it really takes a village to, to, um, to succeed. Skill 10, encourage diverse pathways. Excellent colleagues and leaders respect that individuals have different experiences and have followed different pathways. Some have gone to college. Some may be mothers. Some may choose a non-traditional family circumstance. Some may have started their careers later in life. 
it is important to respect the fact that just because someone's pathway or choices don't mirror your own, it doesn't minimize a person's contribution to the greater good. In fact, it may enhance that contribution to the team. But this dynamic can only happen when someone is advocating for breaking the chain of bias and groupthink. In excerpts from Lottie Spalgard in episode 15, Don't Wait to Be Authorized, and Kern Cherry's episode, they both inspired this skill by talking about supporting the pathways of their children. And that's what I like my eldest girls. They are now facing, my eldest is um, close to 21. <laughs> and my, my second daughter is uh, close to 19. And they are needing, making choices about what do I want to do in life, what's my career, and just helping them to get a sense of what is in your heart, what feels important. It's less important whether you go to university or whether you want to become a plumber. Uh, as long as it's something that is just something you really want to do. because uh, uh, My son has his own company. So he's the entrepreneur, entrepreneur in the family. He has told us he, he was always doing something, selling something. Even he, you know, bought candy, took it to school, sold the candy, made money that way. And I remember him telling me, as a young person at 17 or 16, somewhere in there, he said, Ma, he, he got a job and said, uh, if I'm still here in two years, I'm quitting. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what? What do you mean? He said, I'm quitting. I'm not staying there. Those people have been there. Some people been there 26 years and they still ain't even the manager. And so two years came by and he quit. And Good for so him. then he said, I'm moving. When your sister come back through, I'm leaving with her. I'm moving to North Carolina. Yeah, sure enough. I'm looking one day, my sister come through. He packed up his stuff and he left and put everything in that little car he had and moved to North Carolina. Come forward some in 2009. I came home uh, to help out in the business and he looked inside the business and he said, are y'all doing anything with this movement side of the business? And we're like, mm, not really that much. So he looked at it and he said, I'm going to I'm gonna start doing something. And he now has a national movement company called Handy Dandy Movement. And he wow. is such a, he is, I told him, I said, oh my God. I told my husband, I said, he is such a better version of us. Skill 11, create collective goals. One of the differentiators between groups of people and teams is their commitment to a common goal. Great colleagues and leaders know that individual people are willing to set aside or align their personal goals and agendas to meet the collective goal of the team. The key is the goals must be clear and visible And it is critical that the team buy into accomplishing those goals. Listen to the excerpt by Raven Watson that inspired this skill as she comments on the impact of her family vision boards. You know, so my vision boards have gone crazy with everybody. And my uh, daughter, when she was about 10, I think, she said, Mommy, why is everybody so excited about the vision board? I want to create one for middle school. 
So that has become our other tradition. Like at the top of the year, the first, uh, January 1st of every year, after we have brunch, we do our vision board. So we'll do one as a family and then I'll help the kids with their own individual. But as a family, what I love about it is there have been times when we would say, oh, we're going to do this. And we kind of forget as, as adults, mm-hmm. we, get busy, we forget this vision board keeps everybody focused on it. It also helps the kids not ask for certain things because they'll say, oh, wait, we're trying to save money for that vacation. OK, well, hey, how about we do this? Let's stay at home instead. So I, I love it. That's one of my personal favorite traditions. Skill 12, make collective decisions. Now, ladies, don't confuse collective decision making with decision by consensus. Great colleagues and leaders understand how to clarify necessary decisions, their implications on the greater good to the team, and superior leaders facilitate conversation, encourage debate, and in the end, bring their teams together, supporting elements that result in the best decision given the circumstances. Cheryl Hall Russell inspires this skill by speaking on how her family handled tough decisions regarding their terminally ill father. Very tight and supportive of one another. We share a lot. Um, and, and those things are important when we had to make decisions about my father when he was dying. Um, he had said very clearly, let me go. I don't want surgeries. I, he was in the hospital for the first time at 90. And we were about to make a decision to have, for him to have some surgery. And we all looked at each other and said, this is not what he wanted. And so he is a man with this amazing tenor voice. He was a singer and we all sing. And he gave, he had children that were tenor, an alto, a soprano and, um, and a bass. And we surrounded his bed when he was dying. And we sang in harmony in full voice for 35 minutes. We sang all of the gospel songs that he loved. And we sang him out of here. And so that's family for me. To be able to yeah. give him that, his heart rate soared and he knew we were there. But that's the gift of family. And I will never, I will never have that experience again. But I, I did understand and my children understood what that meant. Nothing, nothing was more apparent than when he died about what family actually meant. And my children and my nieces and nephews, all of them got to witness that beyond all the money and their relationships and the fussing and the other stuff you get into when it gets down to it, it's the nurturing from birth unto death. Skill 13, cherish time with family. Lesson 13 is something that comes through in the interviews of all of the power players. Family is not always mom, dad, brother, sister. Family is often the combination of people we are born into, the people we give birth to, the people who we nurture and are nurtured by, the people we protect and are protected by, the people we trust and are trusted by. Our families give us a sense of not only belonging and worth, but a sense of purpose and confidence, a confidence that we as grown women take into the world and our careers. Great colleagues and leaders know that by taking time to spend with our families and encouraging others to do the same, we can balance and recharge and bring our best, our whole selves to the workplace. 
Ladies, I hope that you are as inspired by this episode as I am. And as I close out today, I want to remind you of one other skill. I believe grown women practice gratitude. Thank you so much for joining the Grown Woman Life podcast. Make sure to connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Pinterest, and Twitter. The links are below in the show notes. I'm Rocky Howard, and I sincerely appreciate the gift of your time. Go live boldly, show your brilliance, and be a badass.